Start in T minus ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. Ahoy, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. Today, I wanted to talk about survival and prepping. So I brought on a couple of fellas that I found on, out here on Instagram, uh, Carson down here, and this other fellow from Ammo Can Survival, and both of them are really big into, uh, you know, prepping and survival type stuff, and, you know, knowing what to do in the means of a an emergency situation, and, you know, how you can come out on the other side alive. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it over here to Carson real quick, let him introduce himself a little bit for you guys. How's it going, everybody? My name is Carson Grigg. I am from South Texas, but I now live in the beautiful state of Idaho. Uh, I've was been in the military for the last four years. I'm a big outdoorsman, uh, loved backcountry hunt and hike. Uh, I know a lot of tips and tricks, hopefully, that'll get you to your uh, point A to point B, and you'll still be breathing. So Fantastic. And how about yourself, Ammo Can Survival? Um, hi. Uh, I run small business called Alan Can Survival where it's literally based off of survival. Like I do medical, uh, camping, anything from the basic, uh, weekender camping trip to, uh, a mini civil war rather. Um, (laughs) so it's just, we try to cover everything and the goal is to get everybody to some level of preparedness. No, and that's great. Um, and that's great. Actually, I was uh, just sitting here looking at your site just a few moments ago. If you don't mind me pulling it up, of course, you seem to have a little bit of everything yes, going on. Yes. Still small site. Which, yeah, I'm sorry. It's literally a free domain, and hey, I don't. It's okay. Yeah, but I, but I mean, you know, it piqued my interest earlier, and I seen that you know you were out here trying to trying to do the right thing. I, I think you know, and you know, showing other yeah. people that. You don't need a system to survive. You don't need a Walmart to survive. You, everything right. you need is in the world around you with minimal, you know, accessories on the side to go with it. And 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 so I figure let's let's go ahead and start off there, um, Carson. You you know what what are your ideas in basic preparation? So you're absolutely right for me uh, with the whole everything you need is around you. So in my opinion, it all starts off with dirt. It's right. a hell of a lot easier to live and survive if you have a plot of dirt. If you have a place where you can grow food, you have water, a place that you can defend, a place that you can you can grow and expand. And 
any situation where shit hits the fan, you know, there's a lot of people on TikTok, especially like the, uh, the urban gardener or the urban farmer or whatever, who lives on one acre of land. He grows way more food than he'll ever need in a year, just in his front yard. And I think that it, that's one of the most important things ever. But um, in 1950, 40% of Americans' diets were grown in their backyard. This is true. Yeah, this is absolutely true. A lot more people, you know, my, I I like to bring this up. My great grandparents survived the great depression because they had things in their yard that they knew how to eat and animals to take care of, you know, much, much like myself, I've decided in, in all this chaos that I went back to a little bit simpler life. And I took my few acres that I've got out here and filled it with chickens and goats and hogs. And, you know, we try to keep as much, vegetables growing on as I can. And the great thing is, is since I am working in the meat world, I can easily trade with people for vegetables because everybody loves to trade for fresh cut meat. So who does? Right. And that's, uh, go ahead. Uh, so that's one of those funny stories that, um, my great grandfather, uh, also survived the great depression and stuff like that. My great grandmother was a fantastic cook back in the day. And she, he, my great grandpa would always complain about oh man there's nothing better than cornbread made with fresh cornmeal nothing better so my grandma being the caregiver she was she went ahead and found some fresh cornmeal and made my grandfather some fresh cornbread and my great-grandfather's sitting there eating it and he goes we must have been mighty hungry back then (laughs) and it's uh it's kind of a Funny thing, we have all these luxuries in modern day survival. I have air conditioning and heaters and electricity, which is a fantastic thing. Technology is one of the reasons why we could sit here and do the and have these conversations. Absolutely. But there's a level of comfort that people are at. And how much of that comfort are you willing to get rid of completely so you can survive? You know. Sure. Sure. I believe I believe too much comfort is a is a dangerous thing. And I, you know, I visually see it every day in my life, you know, looking around at the people that are living comfortably under tyranny, like our bread and circuses are, this is something I like to bring up a lot is, you know, our great grandparents, our grandparents, our parents have all been voting for years upon years. And how much of that has led us to more freedom. And from where I'm standing, my great grandparents were a lot more free than I am today because you can barely spit without, you know, the law getting called on you nowadays. And that's, and that, that's one of those, that's one of the, we did it to ourselves in the long run. If you look back at it, we voted people in that keep voting the wrong thing. None of those people in any sort of the, any of these offices anymore care about your individual well being. All they care about is money. It's greed and power. They're just feeding their faces and giving themselves a 20% bonus. Why uh, us down here are, you know, struggling to make ends meet and, and living paycheck to paycheck is part of the situational design in a way. Uh, all we are for them is just taxpayers. We're just in the way we're here to pay taxes, pay their bills while they sit there and launder money through and do all their insider trading. And we suffer, but tyranny is completely, completely so, different. Topic. So ammo can what, what from your perspective is things that you would need for basic preparation? What would you, you know, make sure you were out there and have? Um, I'd say for basic, just a normal three day kit. I actually have mine hanging up right now. Um, literally my 
survival kit is about six fire starters, couple uh, fire sticks as well. Um, few lighters, duct tape, ration bricks, and like, I carry way too much water on my rig. I carry like five quarts of water. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, too much water is kind of a good thing. I mean, I know it's a, a bit yeah, to carry. Yeah. I, I personally, in my what I call go bag, um, has a, several life straws because I think that those would be good to have in an emergency situation. Um, I would like to bring up something about the life straws. What you got? Um, I, this, this is going to cost a little bit more uh, money than life straws, but invest in the Sawyer Minis from uh, sure. testing that I've uh, testing that I've done and that my friends have done and just general look around the community. Uh, they filter more. They, uh, they're easier to clean in my opinion. And, uh, the modularity is 10 out of 10 compared to a life straw. Okay. Awesome. No, I'll actually, I'll definitely look into that. You know, I've just, I've always had them because I figured I can filter water myself, of course, you know, if I needed to get into that situation, but in an emergency situation, I've always found it to be something good to have because if you needed to absolutely get a drink of water, it's be which, better than nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which on the topic of water purification, filtration, all that, I recently did a camping trip where I ran out of water. And luckily, I was in the mountains, so it was snow. So I, uh, it's in the kitchen right now, but uh, Sawyer makes a gallon bag. And yeah. I filled that up. I filled that up along with my cookware with snow, melted it down, poured it in, and I was able to filter it like nothing. Uh, compared to if I had a life straw, I would have to individually suck out the hot water. Yeah. And oh, oh yeah, that that that's fantastic. You know that you ended up in the situation and and still knew how to get yourself out of it. And and so I guess you know with with moving on with that with this like <clears throat> I seen. How are your feelings, I guess, on certain firearms you would need to carry with you in a survival type situation? Like, I mean, obviously you don't want to carry everything, right? Carson? So yeah. there's, there's a lot of big difference between like certain firearms that you can go for. You can go for the whole, uh, I am running from something sure. or someone kind of firearm situation, or I'm carrying this firearm to kill an animal, eat that animal and survive off of that. There's that's the two different sections of bugging out. Are you running from someone or something, you know, right. and the one firearm that goes with me everywhere is just a, a Winchester model 70, seven millimeter Magnum. It, you know, grandpa's old truck gun, you know, it it's Elmer fud as hell. I don't have all <laughs> the fancy, I don't have all the fancy optics on it. Just a lipo one by nine. But if I needed to take an elk or a deer at, two, 300 yards comfortably. That's very, very much in within my range in my skill range to, to do so. And another thing about the Sawyer water bags, uh, I love the Sawyer water bags. I, yeah. I carry uh, just a liter of water in the mountains when I do hunting trips because the areas that I hunt have a lot of water. So having the, the, the one gallon bags is a way to passively filter water. So you can fill your bag up and you can hang it in a tree and you can put your cup underneath it and you know, that filter will drain it in and then you can go start a fire while you're also getting water. And it, it's just a way to be able to multitask and they're super lightweight. I actually have it right here. I could... Oh yeah. Let me... 
Yeah, no, gladly. I'll gladly bring him up. I'll even try to bring him up online while we're sitting here, too. <clears throat> For everybody else to get a good look at him. I, I went on a, a bear scouting trip on Sunday, so my bag smells awful. <laughs> it, Our water purification kit of uh, Voodoo Tactical uh, dump pouch. And I had these up for sale on my site, but I need to readjust the price on them. So they're currently down, but it's like water purification tablets, a Sawyer mini, the plunger, one quart canteen, canteen cup, and a little towel along with the collapsible bottle. So this is your, your one gallon. Well, then you you can, I brought these up right quick, you know, for everybody else to actually get a good look at too online as well. Um, you know, you can get them right on Amazon, these little filtration system bags, the squeezable pouches right here. It shows them, you know, 16 and 32 ounce. Fairly de- you Those know, are your best friend. Fairly decent price, you know, and for little guys to have with you on on a go, you know, that that I like that, actually. I'm, I'm going to look into those. And yours down there, you got the big boy. So, <laughs> wow. So, the thing about the squeeze bags is you're having your – you have to – mess with it to get water out of it you have to squeeze it to get some water out this you hang it in a tree let gravity do the work water nice. come out of here nice. so make sure you backwash your filters i learned the hard way <laughs> oh yeah i got a syringe in here that i backwash all my filters oh, yeah. So. Yeah. i don't leave anything jardia is not fun so i guess in that you know you're you're, you're getting into some you know you're going to be getting into some hunting and trapping when it comes to you know, trying to be out here if you were in a survival situation. A firearm would be great, but of course that's not always going to be the case. So there's plenty of other routes to go. I, I myself in my bag do carry a telescoping pole because I, I enjoy a lot of fishing. I'm, I'm out here in the woods of Georgia, so there's a lot of rivers and stuff. So fishing, fishing's quite common. And, and, you know, I believe, I believe that's a good extra necessity in my bag personally to have because it's another route of, catching food, you know, catching dinner or whatnot, aside from being able to build some traps on the fly, like what, anything you guys would recommend with this kind of stuff. So snare wire also in, well, especially for the state of Georgia, you got a lot of trees. You have probably a lot of squirrels. Squirrels are pretty tasty. Um, You can make a lot of different snare wires and snare wire traps that are also passively, passively collecting your food. That's one, the great thing about, traps is you set them and you you don't forget about them but they're always there doing their job at least attempting to do their job you don't have to actually pursue put a lot of energy into going out you just have to walk your trap line and mm-hmm. for those kind of survival situations it is really nice to walk past the tree that you walk by every day and have a dead squirrel sure sure you got, you got anything you wanted to add in there, there, Bandit? I know you're, I know you're itching too. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm collecting some notes, man. Especially, uh, I'm gonna go check out Ammo Can Survival's website later. Yeah. Today. Yeah, I, I now, now I know for a fact, <laughs> well, um, I, you know, not to, not to actually, I, I do, I, I do, um, I, I do have, uh, you know, getting into the whole like, uh, shit, it's the fan scenarios. It's gonna be like. Not everybody has like the the benefit of being out in the woods. You know, sure. I'm stuck in rural America. I've lived, you know, I've lived all over the country, all over the world. 
uh, I'm, I'm stuck in an urban, not, well, not an urban, a rural area. You know, I get a decent sized yard, but nothing where I can't, I can't have a farm. Um, I can pretty much grow a self-sustainable garden, um, a few small animals out back, maybe a few chickens. It all depends on like where you're at. Um, but the thing is, one thing we have to like, you know, reinforce to people is don't let where you're living dictate, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to survive. Yes. You know, you got to be able to, people have to learn, like, if they're in an urban environment, go the route of hydroponics, make do with every square inch of land you got, um, you know, raise animals indoors, I, whatever you got to do, you know. And, and, I'm, and I'm big into promoting finding your, your group. Like, I'm, where I'm at, there is a couple other houses back here on this dead end semi-dirt road. Bandit's been down here, he's seen, and like, we've most of them are actually all related in family, but I've gotten myself kind of tight knit in with them having the farm over here. And so like when, when, and if, you know, things do go South, I've got literally this whole street that we've all kind of come together and have our, you know, have our own skills to add to the situation. Like I've already got plenty of meat for the street and we've got, you know, we've got other growers and stuff as, you know, as far as vegetables and stuff going on in the street, I've got two mechanics out here as, as well as the stuff that I know how to do myself anyway, you know, be, you know, being in it myself too. So, I mean, you know, like at the end of the day, we've, we've got a nice little click that if for some reason we needed to block off this street and it was just us back here for the rest of forever, I think we'd be, you know, just fine. And so that's why I say like, make sure you find your group because your group is actually going to be a good key in, in helping you survive. Yes, you can do it yourself, but at the end of the day, working on having you like a bug out group is something I highly recommend myself. Like that's, that's just from my perspective on a lot of things. You're, you're absolutely right. I think uh, one of the most important things that a lot of people that have just the immediate plan to bug out are that are completely looking over is community. They completely look over community. Your best friend in a shitty situation, like shit is the fan is the guy right next to you. Yeah. It's the, the gal across the street. Uh, there, there was a guy on YouTube not, uh, a while back. He was doing a survival seminar uh, talking about the most prominent man in every town in the 1800s back in the day. What, what did he do? He was either A, the blacksmith. He could make metal into whatever tool you wanted. Or B, the guy with the sawmill. True. The, the guy with the sawmill made all the lumber. The guy in the blacksmith, he made all the... They made all the tools you would use to build a barn or whatever. But back then, everyone had the basic necessities and basic skills to they all grew their own food. They didn't have a grocery store to go to. They, you know, they would all go to the, the local mill and mill their wheat that they grew for that year. You know, they had they had that in place where the town, if it was completely isolated from the rest of the world, they could survive. Which, they exactly. had their- I mean, it, it goes to, it's not necessarily like, <clears throat> it's not necessarily like the, the equipment you have, you know, it, sometimes you have to make do with what you got, sure. but what you don't have to make do with are your, are your skills. Yeah. If you have the best equipment, but you can't grow food, <laughs> you're, you're no good. If you can't, um, if you can't butcher animals, or grow food, the gear you have is only going to get you so far. You know, um, if you don't know first aid, um, 
you, you know, like you, like you guys have been talking about, if you guys don't know water, if they don't know water purification, if you don't know land, navi- land navigation, yes, you yes. know, if you don't know how to, you know, keep yourself from getting hypothermic or uh, becoming a heat casualty, you're, you're useless. And, and something else, you a really lot of are. People, something else a lot of people don't know how to use anymore nowadays is hand tools. There, yeah. there are very, everybody has power tools and stuff like that. And, you know, hand tools are your best friend in some of these situations. Oh, there you are. Except for when you're good. Go ahead. Especially if the power goes out, man. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that I mentioned to you. What I wanted to talk about was Correct. the importance of tools. Um, the importance of tools is just so, like, you you can have all these DeWalt mm-hmm. uh, power tools that run off those lithium batteries, and those are going to work great for the first six hours, sure. you know. And um, But at the end of the day, if you don't have, you know, a hand drill, that are, you know, nothing to break wooden dowels on. You're not going to be building any structures or anything remotely useful with, because no blacksmith in the world is going to be making you staples, you know, for a staple gun. Exactly. Like, like um, wh- what was it in the, the silver miners and the people that moved across in the Manifest Destiny? One of the most valuable things they had was nails, little bitty, little chunks of iron. They would burn their cabins to the ground just to pick the nails back up if they were moving a different location. Sure. Then sure. there's a lot of scrap metal in the world. There's a lot of uh, hammerheads that just lay around in old barns that's been sitting there for years. But what good is a hammerhead without a handle? Yeah. yeah. And what? And how many? How many people do you know that can go walk, chop down a tree with a with a double bit axe? bring it to their their workshop, split it in certain ways, carve it in certain ways to where I have a usable, comfortable handle. Mm-hmm. Right. How many people can do that? Exactly. That's, My that's fireglass handle is going to outlast the one handle. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, but in all seriousness, though, I mean, there's there's hickory handles on axes and blacksmith hammers that, have prob- that are probably 100 years old, though. Oh, no joke, oh. man. I have a double bit axe hanging in my shed right now that was easily early 1900s. The handle's still intact, and I still yeah. use it. You can because still use it. It was kept inside its entire life. It doesn't have a bit of rust on it. I have a. I, I was. I was gifted actually by a follower who who does still hand make axes and hand you know and the handles and stuff like that and does all the work himself. And he uh, he actually engraved like Batman inside the handle and stuff for me and on the and, and in the metal and like this is this is one of the best hatchets I ever had and it actually spent the first six months with me just staring at it because I didn't I didn't want to do anything with it it was such a pretty piece and he finally messaged me and was like bro I made it to work put it to work and it is the best hatchet I've ever had in my life like there is just nothing in between me and that hatchet that it don't you know it don't run right through and and good good tools are a key a lot of your stuff nowadays is absolute garbage you might have to spend an extra few dollars to get a good tool and you know i'm I'm, when it comes to tools i a lot of things i don't mind going to harbor freight but there's some things that i have to have a quality there's some things though that i have to have a quality piece for like all of my bug out bag stuff 
you know, I've actually put some money into that kind of stuff because, you know, like I, I, I want it to be able to be there when I need it, you know, and, and to work when I need it because you don't, you know, you don't need that Harbor Freight ratchet snapping on you when you're trying to fix something out in the woods all by yourself because you found a tractor that you think you can get running or something like, you know, I, I try to think about these kind of things like these are these, you know, like this all the current events is really nothing new for me to pay attention to, but it just made me batten down the hashes a little tighter and, you know, prepare a little stronger for that just in case, because I don't want the worst for my children. So I guess with that, like, what do you think your basic sear need to be? So your basic, your basic sear equipment. So, um, there's a guy, I believe it's a modern, uh, warrior poet society maybe on youtube it sounds familiar actually they're good uh, I, I, I believe he was either a seal or a ranger anyway he's a really smart really well-read guy and uh he talks about being able to defend your homestead okay to be able to like you don't have to survive if you can thrive on your own little chunk of dirt my mm -hmm. my theory of survival always goes back to having dirt it always goes back to having your, your place and to be able to like have your castle in a sense, yeah. Yeah. have your castle castle that you can defend and take care of and protect you and your own. And which also ties back into your community. Make sure your community is well-rounded enough to protect and is well-prepared for your, any kind of thing like that. That's why I'm thankful. I live up North. This is going to sound, this is going to sound bizarre, but I'm surrounded by Mormons. Okay. They are the most prepared people you will ever meet in your entire life. They are a tight knit group. Say what you will about the Mormons. They're ready for shit to hit the fan. Okay. They're, they're a lot like the Amish. I've, I've, I've actually spent a lot of time with the Amish. They're, uh, they're, they're quite more technolo technologically advanced for sure. that. But like sure. uh, my father-in-law, uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law are uh, LDS and they, they have years supply of food coming in. And like tonight after this podcast, I have a buddy that's going to bring us me a few turkeys and we're going to butcher them in the backyard. So uh, we're going to, you know, as probably as soon as this call is over with, I'm going to get real nasty. <laughs> I understand that. We just, we just did a, a, a hog back at the, during the winter months or whatever. And that was, that's a 300 pound hog that I raised myself out here. And that, golly, that sucker took damn near six hours to get right down into the fridge. Did you know that a beef half is going for $1,600 now? Holy shit. No. <laughs> a, a beef half is going for $1,600 up here in Idaho. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's not that bad here yet. I mean, I can, I can, nah. I can. I can go, I mean, I can go get a whole cow. I mean, it's, it ain't full grown yet. And I don't mind that, but I can go get a whole cow right now for definitely cheaper than that. So yeah, you know, same, same cow, here, man. Even they, a full grown they, cow, I can go get cheaper than the, still alive. Yeah, they, should. they have the, uh, the, far, the farmer's market here has the, the Kentucky grown, uh, the local grown beef. I mean, you can get a, a few hundred pounds of fresh ground beef for very, yeah, not quite 1600 bucks. So wow. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's ridiculous up here, and um, we talked briefly on Instagram there about the 
the fires that uh, happened in those food processing plants. And I don't know if you've talked about them previously on your podcast, but Not they are. Lot. We've touched it a little bit, but. Yeah, that's a terrifying thing to me because Joe Biden has been preaching, has been preaching uh, the whole prepare for a food shortage and stuff. And if it hasn't been Joe Biden, it's whoever's underneath him talking about food shortages and stuff like that. But if you remember yeah. last last planting season, how much did the, how much did the government pay all these farmers just to destroy their crops? Sure, sure, and that and that is a real thing that happens. Like I will, I will deny that that's a real thing that happens. Um, I got a I got a whole thing I got a whole thing on this. But like I can I can you know not just just Joe Biden. I can I can point you back even further to a couple of years ago prior to any of it and you know seen this coming and kind of called it but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let bandit jump in here because I know he's yeah he's okay. on coming from uh you know the corn belt in Illinois for pretty much most of my life I can tell you firsthand that um you know it it happens almost every year with with grain and soybeans they pay the, I mean, the farmers dump more than people can even just dream about. And the, the food shortages, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to impact your metropolitan areas the worst because they totally rely 100% on um, what they can buy at the grocery store. They have no concept of growing anything. Sure. The rural and country areas are going to be minimally impacted by this. Um, let's just put this into perspective. You know, 19 uh, food processing plants, 16 or 19 have burned down. We're, we're up to 19 as of today. And one had a plane crash into it in the last two years. Uh, there are approximately 39,161 food processing plants in the United States owned by 35,000 different companies, you know, um, it's going to be a minimal impact, but like I said, it's going to impact city centers the worst. It really is. Sure, and sure. Um, call me, call me an optimist in this perspective. You know, um, I like to look at the bigger picture. A lot of people will say, Oh my God, you know, 19 have burned down. Americans at their core, you know, going back since, well, this country was founded, Americans at their core are very resilient when it comes to things like this, man. It's built into our DNA. Well, and, we can and, grow and our own food. We can, we can raise our own animals. We can come together at the worst possible times, even if your neighbor is an IT professional that works in an office building. If his family is threatened by something like this, he will come together with his community to grow their own food, raise animals, you know, for the betterment of their community. Americans are, are built for stuff like this. We, we you know, bring, other we countries are not so much, man. We do bring this up frequently in like our group chat. And stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, if you go, you go into history, every, every revolution ever boils down to food and the fact that people couldn't get to it. And, and at, you know, or we're being taxed on it or something like that. But, you know, it boils down to two people being held away from food. And I think that the more you take food away from people, I think you're going to trigger a beast that they're not ready for because they're not. They, they know at the end of the day, they've run the simulations, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, they know that they lose every single time. They're just trying to hang on 
to what they can while they can. So they're going to continue with their with their facade and their game and destroying crops and pissing people off. But I'm telling you, I think that if you keep pushing people's numbers as far as like not being able to go to the grocery store and get the foods they need to survive, that's when you're going to see people probably, you know, start dragging politicians out into the street. I don't doubt it personally, but you know, you never know. That's another thing of talking about like the food shortage may not be as bad as what like my head goes to immediately. Sure. Like, Oh no, everyone's going to be starving in the streets. Sure. 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 Though man, you got to be prepared. You absolutely have to be prepared. But one thing that I am pretty much dead set on is how long am I going to be able to afford a carton of eggs as an example? Like how long am I going to be able to afford? Is it a gallon of milk this week or a gallon of gas? Yep. And, and, you know, you talk about like, am I going to have to just steal food at one point? Unfortunately, I'm not in the position. Fortunately, I'm not in the position where I would have to do that. I can, I, I can walk outside and be fine. You know, I can find something to eat, but a lot of people in these urban environments can't. And, um, Eventually, once these poor communities start figuring out, like, hey, we can't afford food this week. Are they just going to starve or are they going to change something about their situation? And like you said, they're super resilient. They are super resilient. It's going to – misery loves company. All these communities are going to start meeting in their taverns, their churches, their thing like that, just like we did in 1776. And they're going to realize something is not right. We need to change something, whether that's through voting or the guillotine. Now, Something's going to change eventually. Now, so, and, you said and, and you, you know, said off voting. of that, we've, we've discussed this in the group chat too, you know, like um, as far as storing food. I Bandit here talks about the Mylar bags and the five-gallon buckets, and I, you know, I totally support that. I'm, you know, that's a great way to go too. Of course, I do, I do a little more canning myself and drying. I do a lot of a lot of fruit drying, a lot of meat drying and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm into dehydration because it lasts a whole hell of a lot longer when it's dehydrated. Like seal a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Canning. Um, I got a, um, I got a, uh, food dehydrator. Um, I got a vacuum sealer. It's, it's like all, it all depends on like, you gotta have a little bit of everything. You gotta sure. broad, you, you gotta have a broad, uh, you know, when talking about like food storage and stuff like that, you, you really got to have a, a lot of variety to go to, you know, well, you don't want to put like, you don't want to can everything. You sure. don't want to uh, dehydrate everything. It's like, you got to have a, a, a variety. It's, God knows, man. I don't want to eat books Because look, food. if you don't have something to go off of, I'm telling you right now, a lot of folks are going to be lost because they don't know anything but McDonald's and microwave. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's like... What? We've been talking, and it's like, you know, I like to say I'm the optimist. Uh, Carson is like your – he always goes like, I'm preparing for the worst and hoping and for the great. best. That's you know, great. and that's awesome. But the people you got to really worry about are the people that play ignorant with this. And, like, the government will protect me. The government has my best needs at heart. You know, they, they, they want to watch out for me. I'm, you know, I'll be okay. Dude, you're not going to be okay, really. You're really not, though. I, I might live in a bubble. I might live no, in a bubble. That's okay, though. That's really no, okay. What I meant by that is I've never met a single motherfucker to ever say, the government's going to take care of me. I might live in a weird little bubble where that, those kind of people don't exist. As, 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 as. Boomers. 
as meme page admins for numerous years the arguments that we I are. have gotten Dude. back to things people will people will suck the the boot leather clean you know with their tongue when it comes to some government I type it, things man. and it's it's it. it's 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 brain dead and ridiculous Dude if you they ever ridiculous you ever want an example of somebody that will go like the government has my best needs, you know, at, at heart, you know, it's like boomers do the boomer generation totally relies on the government. I've, they I've gotta, will forever be the first one to go just vote harder for your local representative. They, I've, they just, I've got a well, real life friend. I've got a real life friend and he has said this quote exactly. And I know he'll, when he hears this, he's going to hear himself and he's going to go shit. But he has literally said to me that he believes the government there is is there <laughs> to keep him healthy enough to keep paying taxes. Tax cattle. And my brain exploded, and I was just like, bro, no. They can wipe you off in a heartbeat and print the money to make up for you that quick. Like, like you got to – you got to realize that you, if you're not, if you don't have yourself a community, like you're already behind. And second, like, you know, you've got to, you've just got to have a good head on your shoulders and be able to think quick. I, I believe too, like, like I'm, I'm a jack of all trades, I guess you would call me. And like, there's, there's nothing you can't throw at me that if, it might take me a few minutes to sit here and figure it out, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to come up with a, with a solution, with an answer, with a way to, you know, satisfy that inner voice screaming at me that if I don't figure it out, you know, we're going to suffer. And I guess it's just because I've had a hard life. I've always been at the, you know, a bottom dweller at the end of the day, you know, like I'm, I'm a poor with the rest of them, but like, I just, I know how to make it work and I know how to enjoy life without having to have the money to make it work. And, you know, like, I think we, I had black Lotus coalition on yesterday and that was, that was great. And they're in, they're, they're in the world of 3d printed firearms. And like, I think that's an amazing thing to add actually into this world of prepping because, you know, there's people out there that don't have any yet, but they do have 3d printers already. And, it's a file away boys and girls and you can have that piece to carry with you that I will stand behind because I have seen some pieces that are amazing that work just fine like with no trouble at all because again you know I know we covered it earlier but I do think a firearm of some sort is is a necessity like when even when I go fishing down on the river I don't not have something with me because you never know what you're going to run across out there like we're down here in Georgia we have we have panthers like people call it a bunch of bs but you can get arrested by the by dnr down here for killing panthers that are from florida that you know wander up here and and like it, it i've seen them on trail cams and i've seen you know giant bobcats and we've got coyotes and there's even been wolf sightings and stuff out here and like you just, I, I actually just shot a panther last week yeah. With a, yeah, me and a buddy were turkey hunting. It was the first opening weekend of turkey season. Yeah. And we had a panther come into our decoy set. And I had a turkey load and a shotgun. And after I was done shitting my pants, I put two TSS lugs his way. But I, to no avail, I didn't, I didn't kill it. And I don't even think I hit it, to be honest with you. Probably just but I, 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 pent, I sent two his way. I was terrified. <laughs> my, my most terrifying experience was um, I was I was in my younger twenties, and a boss that I had took me bear hunting in North Georgia, and and it didn't kill him the first shot, 
And I'm glad that I had somebody with me because I would have probably died that day if the guy that took me hunting wasn't standing there to take the second shot and drop him because it hit him and he was pissed and started charging me. And I was like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> and you know. dropped him. And the worst part about it, I'm a, I'll, the worst part about the whole thing was dragging that heavy son of a bitch back from the top of the mountain to the truck. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, can I show... Uh, can I show... Uh, magical boomsticks on this platform i haven't had any trouble we had we had the black lotus guys showing their magic boomsticks yesterday this is my best friend oh, absolutely and i'm Ooh. in love with it that's is it single action or does it this is a single action samuel coat that's that's my dream like side piece to be model 18 model 1873 cattleman it yes. is a it is a monster it is uh, you know shoot your it shoots your 45 long Colt traditional yep. stuff like that. I also reload my own ammo. So nice. that's go. another great skill to have actually. <clears throat> Cause you're not going to be able to go to the store and buy ammo. You know, well, you're not going to be able to go to the store and buy powder either. And I don't know how to buy powder. Uh, eight pounds of the powder that I use to reload some of my seven mags. Eight pounds is like a, every six to eight months kind of purchase for me. It was $600 the other day at the so, store. So it's time to start learning how to make it. <laughs> it's, it's time to start learning how to make it, but I'm not really interested on being on those kind of watch lists sure. just yet. Sure. <laughs> sure. I understand. I understand. Yeah, welcome. Uh, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club though. You know, you know, you, you know, you joined in with the right guys this evening for yeah, sure. If but. you're on this show, welcome. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're probably uh, on a list now a just for talking to me. We'll get a couple of business cards. <laughs> but let's be you know, let's be real. Um firearms, I'm sure everybody here has them. I'm sure everybody here carries them on a daily basis. I would hope everybody trains with them. Um training is important. Training with not, firearms is a, is the most important thing you need to do. Hunting is not going to be around. Well, no, hunting is not going to be the main purpose of firearms <clears throat> if we're, you know, if we're talking about this scenario, if sure. anything goes down, you know, where like if you have a societal collapse, hunting is not going to be like, it's going to be a small portion, portion of why we, it's going to be a small um, fraction of why we carry firearms, you know, it, we're going to be, it's going to be defense. It's going to be like, I don't want. Defense, yes, and, uh, and acquiring things that you might not have, you know? Sure. Because it's like if you don't have – it, the real thing is like if you don't have firearms to protect yourself, if something happens, you're going to be a victim. You're, really, you're going to be a victim. If you stock up on all types of supplies and you don't have a firearm to protect yourself, you're going to be a victim. Somebody's going to acquire your stuff, you know? I'm being real. No, that's realistic. I'm real, man. The cops aren't going to be there to protect you. No, no. you know they're not there to protect who, you as it is. Who in this group is prior military? Yeah. It's, it's, it's you, yeah, I, I grew. I grew up yeah. in military bases, but I never went to the military. My father was military, and we lived all over the world. And I've lived on a ton of bases, and made the choice that I wasn't actually going to join. Um. So you've deployed, I'd imagine. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. So you know that people, when they're put in awful situations, they suck. Yeah, dude. I've, I've seen yes. what 
I've seen what one group of people can do to another group of people. It's just horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And it can, when people are pushed to the point of starvation where they can't afford food, the poor desk clerk that's sitting there working that cash register, trying to make money so she can afford food as well is just in the way of that man feeding his family. And that crazy desperate person with one of these in their hands is not great, but I guarantee you. I I have said this numerous times, man, numerous times in, in the group chat. I'm like the most dangerous type of person in the world, hands down is a mother, father or a mother and father that are armed and desperate trying to feed their family. I think a desperate mother. They are the most dangerous people in the world, man. Mothers. Yeah. Mothers. Desperate mothers. Mother at the top of that list. Yeah. Don't get in the way of a desperate mother. Why don't you, why do you always, I mean, hear the the saying, you know, never mess, never mess with with mama bear. (laughs) Give me a break, you know? And if if prices get like keep go, keep going the way they are, and wages keep going the way they are, and inflation keeps going the way we are, <clears throat> we're going to see that firsthand, man. We really will. Sure. When people can't afford to feed their families, and that's and that again is why I feel it's you know it's important to have certain standards or you know have a bug out bag, no matter how crazy somebody thinks you are. If you've got one in your trunk of your vehicle or your work vehicle or, you know, you're like me and you even carry one when you go hang out to go fishing on the river or whatever because you never know, like, better safe than sorry. And it doesn't have to oh, be real, a, a ton of things. You know, it can be the minimal amount of things that, that you know, I, I feel are necessities. Like, well, I'll, I'll open you up. I'll tell you what I got in mind. I've got some of those. Before you um, do that, let me let me, let me me point something out about bug out bags real quick. Not, I'm not – just gonna say anything negative about them. I'm just gonna say yeah. it because they they are a necessity. Um, when 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 a, the theoretical scenario of you know like everything falling happens, Jaren, the biggest mistake you could probably make is wanting to bug out right away. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to bug out right away, man. You're gonna want to have enough like. You're going to want to leave your bug out bag alone and you're going to want to have enough supplies in your house to stay put for about three weeks. Correct. You're going to want to stay put for about three weeks before all of the idiots kill themselves off and finish doing what they want to do like right off the bat because that first week is going to be absolutely insane, man. It really will be like what you see in movies, man. The first week is going to be crazy. Oh, the you're first week's going to be the worst. To, you're not going to want to bug out right away. You're not going to want to go anywhere. You're, you're going to no. want to try to hold your board. Oh, but that's what I'm saying is, though, when you do get forced out, like, like you know, because, like, I, I too believe you need to have yourself stationed and try to hold down your fort. And the bug out bag is the last resort. But I've got, like, the fire starters, of course, my water purifiers. I've got a, I've got some of those, like, space-type, uh, like, sleeping blankets and stuff because, you know, you know again, you never know. The, those are fantastic, by the way. I always yeah. carry them. Man, I've got, I've got those, um, and I also keep, like, like poncho suits. And then I actually have a it's, – it's an emergency tent, but it's totally made out of that same material as those blankets. And, you, and it comes with a string, and you can run it up, you know, in between a couple trees. Boom, emergency tent for a situation if you need Man. it. And, like and, – and, of course, first aid, because first aid is, is, is extremely important because you're – 
you know, I have kids and a clumsy wife and, you know, first aid is important around the house as it is, but like first aid when you're out there is, is extra important. I love that. Like first, yeah. First aid. We, we all agree. I, I think that's something we can all agree here. Like for sure that first aid is your best friend in your bag. Like you need gauze, you need bandages, you need, you know, any topical solution. You can get a decent first aid kit for 10 bucks that you can carry with you everywhere. That's going to have, you know, at least a good amount of stuff in it to, to keep you from, you know, bleeding out anyway. Like that's, that's the biggest purpose of having one, I believe. Yeah, anybody let's well, talk, I mean, to, and that, but see that, that also is going to run out too, man. Do you know, do, go ahead, go ahead. Know herbal oh. remedies? Does anybody know herbal remedies? I, That's going to be, I'm, that, that, yeah. I, see, I'm big into I, herbal I, remedies. I got, I got, so what you, got, what you got there, Ammo Can? Go ahead. So uh, with the, the natural like remedies and all that stuff, my girlfriend actually bought me like a recipe book for me to log and experiment like all the stuff I'm doing. Fantastic. And it's working out pretty well, but um, back with like the, the medical stuff. Yeah. Um, I sell restocked kits, custom kits and all that. Okay. So, I mean, not, not to like, throw it out as an advertisement. Oh, plug, it, plug it, bro. Plug it. Go right yeah. ahead. But like full on, I'll do custom, but like the rundown of most of the kits are uh, just try, it covers all the March stuff, which is absolutely a necessity. But um, the idea behind it was was because with your saying those $10 kits, they only have a couple band-aids, maybe a piece of gauze. Sure, sure. There's no kits out there unless you get into like the, the $800 uh, North American rescue bags. But like uh, the idea was behind those really bad kits that you were saying, the $10 ones, and improving them at an affordable cost. Okay. So that's what I do as well. Um, I love that. No, that's that's great. You guys, of course, again, he's at AmmoCanSurvival.com. We're going to have the uh, website actually put up on yeah. my – on, on the stream for you guys to check back with that are listening here and watching here, of course, you know, just check down on the links. We'll have links that you can go check this out, and, you know, order yourself some of the stuff because if you don't have a, a first aid kit, like I, I, I advise anybody and everybody listening to this really? right now, if you don't have a first aid kit, go get a first aid kit. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and then, and you know, into the herbal medicine thing, like we, we, we dabble in that a little bit on here on the show a little bit. My, my wife is very into herbal medicine and energy healing and stuff. And so we have numerous, numerous, numerous books of how to identify everything from growing plants to funguses to everything in between because foods in your yard, ladies and gentlemen, you might call it weeds and try to kill it every day, but there's a ton of food laying in your yard for free. There's a guy that literally like he, he supplements monthly income with what he grows in his front and backyard. And he lives in a rural area like mine. And he probably has about quarter of an acre, maybe. And this guy grows. I mean, he has no grass all grass, totally gone, which I hate grass. My backyard. I, I have gotten rid of all the grass in my backyard. Front yard, it's front yard next year. If we have next year, front yard is next year. I don't care what my, my what my neighbors think. And I'm I'm growing food in my front yard. Um, he makes seven thousand dollars a month <laughs> growing food cool. in his front and backyard. But every square inch of his front yard is, I mean, he got everything he grows and he sells, and seven thousand dollars a month. 
I seen your handbook down there, uh, Carson. Go ahead. Man, fuck HOAs, okay? <laughs> fuck that. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad I do not live in one. But I don't. I don't live in an HOA. I just have Karen neighbors. <laughs> That's why. Well, you also got one of these. All right, Karens don't talk much when they eat. One of them. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not about to you know, start a block war. Yeah, I'm okay with that, though. I'm okay with that. I, I man, you get a big enough dog, the uh, Karens won't come over anymore. And I, and I either play a pirate flag or an anarchist flag up my front, my my flagpole in my front yard. So nah. I mean, they leave me alone. They really do. Uh, that's uh my wife is not very big into the whole like herbal medicine stuff it, like she's not really she just doesn't know a lot about it you know she's, it's all kind of new to her because she did marry a crazy person it's okay and uh, in the eye of the beholder man so i take her i take her hiking quite a bit i drag her up to the mountains with me and she was like i am hungry and in you know middle of spring there's mullen everywhere you know, that lamb's ear mullein is just the really soft, like, toilet paper and stuff like that. Anyways, it tastes like spinach. In case y'all were wondering, you can just eat it. You can just mm -hmm. pick it up and eat it. And I, she was like, I'm hungry. And I walked around. I had MREs and stuff in my bag. But, like, I just oh. grabbed a bunch of mullein and was like, here you go. Like, it, she had no idea what to think about that. It was, it was kind of interesting. I was like, just eat it. You'll be fine. So, um... Uh, is it okay to add in? Yeah. 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 So um, with like uh, all the herbal and like trying to identify uh, one thing that I feel like we can kind of blend in with this is the literature side of prepping when it comes to the books, because a lot of people will be like, yeah, we'll look up through the internet, but there's going to be a day where the internet doesn't exist. And now you have books like, for example, I have an entire shelf of just, homestead trades butchers oh fantastic that's no, that's great stuff yeah. to have cookbooks man cookbooks yeah and and, cookbooks and you know too, teach, man. how to cook things like those i definitely always recommend making sure you've got cookbooks in in your set of books because you know and even old cookbooks too because a lot of the older cookbooks will teach you how to cook things that don't, don't cook anymore that, that right there is going to be full of stuff the meat eater that, so I already know about these, that book. These are absolutely fantastic. I never had beaver until a month ago because I saw it in here. I was like, I want to try beaver. Anyways, beaver is actually freaking delicious. I had no idea those stinky rodents could taste so good. Let's, let's be honest, man. Being properly seasoned and cooked can be good. Well, and, and not just that, like, you know, beaver, be, believe it or not, beaver, you know, there's beaver secretions used in tons of our food anyway, like that, that's where the, the fake vanilla flavor and fake strawberry flavor comes from. Oh, totally, dude, did you really just, I, I totally just went there because it's totally, to that, it totally comes from a gland and a beaver's ass. <sighs> this is a hundred percent reality. If you eat fake vanilla and fake strawberry, that's where it comes from. And it's, it's oh, one of the places. And like, strawberry milkshake tastes like ass. <laughs> and like you know it's 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 quite it's quite disturbing but you know like i've heard i've i've heard beaver is good i haven't had the pleasure of tasting that i have had i've eaten bear i've eaten shark i've eaten elk i've eaten frog i've eaten turtle i've eaten snake i've eaten squirrel wild rabbit guinea pig because you know people down here in the south farm guinea pigs like they do rabbits so it's actually not uncommon mm -hmm. to eat it They're um, it's called koi 
Yeah. It's called koi. Very popular dish in Peru. It's actually one of the staple ones in Peru. Uh, koi, they farm them like they're chickens. You walk into a guinea pig house. Oh, dude, we have them down here. It's crazy. It's I mean, delicious. Uh, absolutely. No. And, and I'm, look, I'm really preference to frog. Like, I, I grew up eating fro- bullfrog legs with my grandfather, and I love going out frogging because, one, it's fun as shit. And, yeah. two, and two, like, I mean, they are great. They're, they're better than hot wings to me. Like, you give me a plate of, of frog legs, and I it is on. Like, that is some good stuff right there. And, and it's, you know, we've all actually been, you know, slowly dumbed down into this. Basically, we have chicken, pork, beef. Like, those are your main options. And, and, and they, you, you don't see in a lot of modern cookbooks, unless you get something like what you have there, that meat eaters book, like that have ideas to cook this other food, you know, like cooking turtle and cooking frog and stuff like that. It, these are lost arts in my opinion, mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't eat that kind of stuff anymore. And I, I, you know, your grandparents have to have a cookbook put up somewhere and I advise you to go check it out because it's probably got <laughs> some really neat stuff inside of it. Let me, you know, like, let, me, let me tell you a hidden gem real quick, man. Your local um, Goodwill stores or your Salvation oh, yeah. Armies, the books there, the old cookbooks there. I, I Seriously, I have probably 30, 30 cookbooks, 40 cookbooks, or just another 100 different books that I've gotten from the Goodwill. It's the Because people now, like the younger generation, will pawn those books off like, these are no use to me. I don't want these sure. anymore, man. What am sure. I going to do with this? Sure. And they will, you, you can go get these books for 99 cents a piece. And I, I highly recommend you go get stuff from the, go look at the literature section in, in your local Goodwill and Salvation Armies oh, for yeah. real though. Yeah. So like, you were talking about turtles. One of the most overlooked traps in the entirety of trap history is turtle traps. It takes two two by sixes and some PVC pipe. You make a box with a bunch mm-hmm. of chicken wire around it, throw it in a pond and it catches you turtles all day that try to sunbathe out in there. They crawl up in those logs, they fall into that box and you're just collecting turtles. And if you can, if you can stomach eating red ear sliders all day, you have a constant supply of food because no matter how much the shit hits the fan for us, there's going to be turtles for a very long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the same with squirrels, you know, you had mentioned earlier how they're delicious. The shells you know, I, make I, a I, good bowl. They, well, you, and you can, you can actually, there's a lot of recipes, you know, back to that. There's a lot of recipes actually that call for you to cook it in that shell. In the shell. Yeah. And you just end up eating it right there. But you know, again, you know, back to the squirrels, like we, that is very common. Like, especially down here in Georgia, I think just about every man takes his son squirrel hunting. And then, you know, we teach them how to clean and, you know, do that squirrel. Like, that's just something I can't think of anybody that grew up around me or grew up in this area or whatever, you know, later in life and whatnot that, that they didn't happen. You know, my grandfather did it for me and such. And like, it, it, it's, you know, it's good things to learn. I think it's good things to teach. And, squirrel is pretty tasty at the end of the day like you, you people are just like oh that's just some little rat rodent but hey man in a in a go situation or a camping situation or a life or death situation like this is the kind of stuff that is actually going to save you like you know being able to capture yourself a squirrel and eat it or catch make a turtle box and you know catch some turtles and eat them like this is Eating is seems to, be, of course, be the most important thing. And I, you know, I talk to a lot of people that have made it to the point in life where they're living in a van down by the woods for real. And 
they've told me, well, Jim, you know, the first thing that I ran across that I was worried about was being able to eat. And once I realized I'm not going to starve, everything else was fine. And, and that's just it. You're not going to starve if you can just take a little bit of wisdom from people prior to you that are like, Hey, this is edible. Or, you know, read the books that tell you, Hey, that you can eat this. Like these, there's information out there. And I, I encourage people to get into it and find it because like there's, there's food for free all around you all day long. You don't have to eat the garbage in the stores. And I'm being serious. Like it's, it's not a necessity. You don't have to go to angles and buy the things that are crammed full of God knows what. And you know, destroy your insides. So have you ever heard of rabbit starvation? Yes. Yes. Because if you eat just rabbits, you'll die. Yes. So yeah, like protein have, starvation is rabbits. A, so protein starvation is a very real thing. Um, if you guys ever watched the series on the history channel called alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's one of my dreams is to do that. Survi- and, Survivor man's the same. Uh, didn't he, Oh, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. So alone for the competition where you win money, and I would love to lit, 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 win money by starving myself out in the woods because I do it for fun anyway. I might as well get paid to do it. Um, I would. Anyways, that is one of those things where you see these people. They're catching rabbits and fish left and right, and they're like, "I am still hungry. I am yeah. still absolutely miserable." And and it, it kind of goes back to like. Like man, we, how much junk do we actually eat in a day? It's a uh, it's a ridiculous amount. And uh, there was uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Uh oh, no, no. Oh no, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties there. Um, he had he so, he he. There he goes. You came back. He's back. All right. Hey. So, all right. So good. Joe Rogan podcast. All right, so there was uh, one of the gurus on Joe Rogan podcast. All I saw was the name guru. I can't remember, but he talks about uh, the topsoil on the planet Earth and how it is just dying. The topsoil is dying. So the more we do all this commercial farming stuff and the more the less nutrition our natural growing foods become, the less nutritious. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, He said something like an orange – in 1910 or 20, like a, like a, just a singular orange, you have to eat 30 oranges today to get the same nutritional value as you did with that one orange. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't quote me on that, but it was something similar to that. And I was like, holy shit. No, for real. Like, though. I, don't, I don't doubt it. Onions, look at onions, tomatoes, potatoes uh, throughout the years. Um, you know, when you look at like everybody that claims to be like vegan, vegetarian, and then they'll talk about like eating broccoli and kale. I'm like, dude, you know, kale is not naturally existing out in the wild. Neither is broccoli was laboratory created. I can blow your mind. Kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. um, And there's like two more. They are all the same. They're all the same plant. Yeah, it's They're all, all the same plant. They take it from the same plant that they grow. Mm, and they, oh, they go ahead, bite it. I, I think it started off from dandelions, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. But look at dandelions and then look at uh, Roundup. The guy, the, the, the company that own, that does Roundup also owns um, one of the biggest heart medications there are out there. Uh, because... Dandelions are one of the best plants for your heart. 
dandelions and grapefruit you know yeah I, dandelions I, you, are you good that's why if you want to i let i've had plenty of people come at me for it but it's i true. pretty much let a 10 by 10 area in my backyard completely get overtaken with dandelions on just for that purpose fantastic you know um and it's like if, if people people are so um I, I I'm not, I can't find the word to you. Uh, they want their their front and backyards to be pristine. Brainwashed. You know? the, the 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 Grass lawn is the lawn useless, is a man. the lawn is a great example of a mass mm -hmm. brainwashing scenario because mm -hmm. you have literally somehow convinced everybody that they need to take care of this non-native you know, <laughs> monoculture of grass in their yard. And 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 you know you spend hours upon hours cutting mowing it making it look pretty filling it with poison and garbage and stuff like that and then the next thing you know like for what starve. for dandelions what? make good wine and Ooh. let's also talk about can it anybody here who who here can make their own alcohol who here can make their own alcohol i think it is yeah all right see hey whether you want to believe it or not man um when 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 society falls one of the one of the things that is going to make a strong comeback is the barter system. Yes, we we I think uh, Jimmy and I in, in another episode uh, discussed this a little bit. We love um, this. Me, me and you love discussing the barter system. Period. The barter system, man. Them. We all here, all four uh, from just our short discussion right now. The four of us have skills. We have skills, and we have actual like like items we have in our possession that are gonna, that that we can barter with. Yes, we have alcohol. It's going to be a huge one, and and, and you got and it, you know, a lot of people own? laugh at me. I've been I've been slowly buying because they're two to five dollars a bag, bags of pipe tobacco, mm -hmm. and st and storing them away. And then, you know, do I want to get the I want to get the air the thing that sucks the air out of the bags? Right now they're just in a, in a bag inside of one that's sucked out of, but. Like if I get those mylar bags to back them up for myself, like I'm gonna have tobacco. And you know how great tobacco is gonna go over for people? Oh yeah. Because because everybody's gonna be like, I need a cigarette, and I'm gonna be like, I'll sell you a pack of papers and a bag of tobacco for like. Yep, I live in tobacco country, for, Kentucky. For like, right now. For, for like, let me get some rounds, bro. Here you go. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's that. For real though, man. Beans and bullets, man. Beans and bullets. Beans, Beans and, bullets. and bullets. The your the barter system, I mean that that is so overlooked everybody i mean besides the four of us from from just our you know what from what i've gathered i mean most people it's like you know it's all about gear you know i gotta have the best i gotta have the best chest rig i gotta sure. have a gucci rifle i gotta have the best pistol i gotta have a kevlar helmet i gotta have the best tactical clothes dude that is gonna make you a target Sure, sure, yeah. You know, that's going to make you a target. Everybody's going to want what you have, you know. And and unless so, and unless you're prepared to defend it, you know, it's it's yeah. it's it's no good to you. I I'm I'm a bit of a hypocrite in that. I do have a lot of tools and stuff like that, but I also have my gear. You know, yeah. I also I don't have your forty thousand dollar night visions sure. that come out that, but like, but but I do you're have. Well as an individual, though, I mean, you're yes. not like yeah. you're not. You're, you don't have your blinders on strictly focused on just like my and, gear head to toe. And there is and people you know, and other things outside the gear that you're wearing, you know, to go along with that. That's there, what I'm talking. Yeah. About. Though people there are people that I meet regularly, like the, the gear, 
but they're not they they haven't honed their survival skills they haven't honed like their ability to grow food i know people with the fancy gear hanging up in their house that have probably never taken it to a range or even out in their own backyard and shot it like this is you talked about practice and stuff like that yeah Uh, regular old tommy down the street with the five thousand dollar rifle that says he can out shoot me all day long i do have some really fancy rifles some really nice equipment that I have reached out beyond a thousand yards accurately with. But Tommy over there is not going to outshoot me. He's not going to outsurvive me. And I guarantee you, he won't even see me before something goes through his head. If that's, if it comes down to In that case, kill yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, like, and, and that's one of the things about like the survival, the survival aspect of things. We, uh, as, as like-minded individuals, I'm sure that like we're all capable of great violence at least, but it's not our first thought. Right. Oh man. Right. No, that's the, I, I like, want, I want to settle it out the best way I can. And you know, I want it to like, be peaceful. Please I don't, really do. please, please, please don't poke me and make me angry at the end of the day. For, like that's for but, anybody, for anybody. That's like, like, so and if shit hit the fan, if, like that, if, you want it to be peaceful. You really do. So if shit hit the fan, absolutely, and you have your little community, and right outside of your community is a road, and you look out at that road and there's a, a, a fighting age male, if you will, out there trying to fix a tire. You're not going to go there stupid and like, hey, man, do you need help? You're going to have rifles pointed his direction the entire time with your sure. community. Sure. But the first thing you are going to offer is help. Absolutely. You know, like, Absolutely. unless someone throws a rifle up in your face, you're going to be a pretty nice guy. And that's one of the things that, like, you talk about resiliency of Americans and stuff like yeah. that. How many of us um, sitting here or the people that will watch this, watch this podcast and stuff like that, how many of them will more than likely, instead of being, hey, give me all your shit, are going to be like, hey, let me help you so you can get on your way? Yeah, here's I mean, a, here's a bag of beans. Here's a box of bullets. Go. The vast you know. majority of American people are inherently good. Yeah, you no, know, you're you're and you're I, absolutely right. I hope. At least like I hope. Like we we had this discussion the other day, and like I, I get I I guess I have a very harsh look out on things, and like I understand the hard truth that we aren't going to be able to save everybody. Like there's there's no. There's no way. I'm sorry. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for the lives that will be lost in such a tragic event. But, like, like the people that I can help and the people that I do come across that I can aid and send on their way, you know, better off or whatever, absolutely. That's the kind of person I'm going to be. But at the same time, like, like, like you said earlier, Bandit, like, I'm going to hide for about three weeks and let everybody kill each other off because, like... Yeah. That's what's going to happen. You're going to have people that go completely ape shit. Like that's not, there's no doubt in my mind, especially in your suburb and you're not just your suburban, but in your, in your city areas for sure. Like people are going to go ape shit and sure. Like go ahead. Y'all kill each other because when you're done, there's going to be a lot of cool scavenging. I get to go out and do like battlefield recovery is going to be one of the main, like, uh, like anything you, you, you might be lacking in. You're going to be able to find just laying on the street, especially if you've got decent prepared skills to begin with. If you are already prepared something, and you make it to that three week mark, you mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen are making it, and all you've got to you do really is apply will, those man. skills to move forward. 
and not get shot. Like, so, to be real. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be real. Like, you know, I mean, that was that was why I was actually interested in having you two fellows on this evening. You know, and of course, I, I appreciate you guys. You know, you, you reached out to me, Carson, and was like, have you talked about prepping yet? And I was like, no, not really. Like, it's something I'd love to cover, and I wouldn't mind covering it a little bit more in the future, too. If, you know, you ever got something good you want to bring on, you're more than welcome to come back and join us. And, you know, Ammo Can Survival, I've, I've, I've seen that you had followed me for a little while, and I was – I was kind of in a moment today. I was like, man, I would like to have somebody else on here. And when I seen you, I'd like to like the share of my recent video. I was like, well, hey, let's see if he wants to come on here and join in this as well. And I appreciate you coming on. Like, I, I hope that the folks go and check out at your website, which they'll be able to find on this link and stuff. And so, you know, before before we get ready to cut out on here, is there anything you guys have to add or would like to, you know, make sure that you get out to everybody this evening? Well, I would like to say, yeah, I would like to say that I am not an expert. I am not. I am not a professional survivalist. I am not a professional prepper or whatever. I'm not perfect, but these are things that I've learned that, you know, the things that I want to share on this, like in this episode and in the future are yes. things that I have known and worked. They may work for me, but they don't always work for other people. Any kind of skill and thing like that. Skills are the, like my dad always said, if you can't, if she doesn't find you handsome, she better find you handy. So that's why my wife keeps me around. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've been handy for a content. while. I didn't need to need. I didn't need to know I that. Feel, man. I, feel, I, I feel personally no, attacked by this think, content. Uh, no, no, no. I'm starting to think after hearing that. I'm like, wait a minute, but wait a minute, man. Like, now yeah. I know. Shit. Now I got to go fix something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? But, yeah, um, no, go ahead. If you're not done, Carson, go ahead. But yeah, I just, I don't want to lead anybody in the wrong direction and I don't sure. want to receive like that much criticism for like, oh, this guy's stupid. But I like, I want to go with the like practice makes perfect and stockpiles never hurt. Correct. So like, I know I, I, agree, I agree with all that you said there, you know, and like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an idiot myself and I'm just out here trying to do this thing. So like, you know, I, I, if anybody out there has any problems with my my buddy Carson, what I feel is some great advice. You're always welcome to come at me, and you know how to find me. So <laughs> I'd like to pop over here. Emma, can you got anything you want to add? Anything like that? Um, yeah, yeah, actually, a couple things. Sure, go right ahead. Um, well, the first one referring back to an old topic we've talked about with the gear yeah. compared to survival skills. Uh, what I see a lot of times in I, I'm really young, so, like, if you don't want to take me seriously, that's fine. But, like, what I see a lot of times is it's some dude with a JPC, three mags, and a tourniquet. <laughs> and then you're just like, what do you do here? And uh, but then you look at, like, my rig, for example, it's a 1999 dated uh, medic LBD. So it has, like, all medical houses. I, I want to provide medical services. That's so, fantastic. And it has my butt pack, which I can sustain out of compared yeah. to JPC quad nods and a fast helmet. Then right. cool stuff. I'll take your plates. That's about it. I hope you didn't <laughs> reference 1999 is like old. <laughs> that was the year I joined. That was the year I joined the army. <laughs> that was well. <laughs> that was uh, that. Um, the... That was the year I ended up in Georgia, actually, like of all places. 
so, so like that's a one of the things we I didn't get to talk much about was like bug out bags. Sure. So I commute for work a lot. It's a it's about a forty mile forty mile drive. Uh, I don't have a I don't have a get I don't have a bug out bag per se. I have a get home bag. Mm-hmm. Like if uh, like if an EMP were to get off, like uh, my wife's going to be here, and she has enough equipment to protect herself and to stay safe and stay fed and well watered for you know five to ten days. It's going to take me maybe three max to do that, to hike that. I know the area very well. It's all public land. That's the beautiful thing about Idaho. Uh, not so much in the south is the immense amount of public land. Um, Depends on how far down you are. Yeah. Um, uh, Texas, where I'm from, only like 1% of Texas is public land. And that, I think that includes like city parks, where as of the state of Idaho is 98% public land and it's you know millions and millions of acres of just playground for me and i um uh, so like it's high desert where i am in the state of idaho i'm south of boise um to to be able to uh if my car were to break down shit hit the fan emp hit or something every every car is broken down every joe smo and swinging dick in the state of idaho has a gun in their car like it's just the way it is. I have it to where if I need be, I can walk 40 miles in a few days. It's on flat ground. I'm going to be dog tired and dead exhausted, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't done it. I haven't done it, but I've done similar situations in the mountains where I've done that distance in a few more days, but that's with a ridiculous amount of elevation change. Um, Just, I don't, like my main focus on preparation is to be able to keep my castle safe. Exactly, man. Like is, is be able to keep my castle safe and well-fed. Sure. And, and I think uh, a lot of people focus on like hunting. Oh, well, if shit hits the fan, I'll just go hunt for my food. Yada, yada, yada. It's not a great idea. You and a hundred million other people. Yeah. You yeah. You even a hundred million other people. If you, if whoever's watching this lives in an urban environment or is the head of an HOA, uh, do yourself a favor and get rid of it and start planting beans in your yard. Start yeah. planting corn, potatoes. You know how easy potatoes are to plant? Oh, we, we had this discussion the other day. Plant you some potatoes and get you a milk goat and you will survive the rest of your life because potatoes and butter will, will save your life. So... The large part of my heritage is uh, an overwhelming majority of my heritage is Irish. I mean, the only reason I'm here is because of the potato, man. I mean, you can grow. I have uh, I, I have a pretty good plot of potatoes out in my backyard. I mean, for I mean, the buds, the different buds you see on the eyes you see on the potato, you can cut those into one inch cubes, sit them out for a few days. So they get that hard exterior and you can replant them. And like Jimmy and I discussed, uh, discussed the other day, potatoes, carrots, onions. um, You, when you harvest them, if you leave them in the dirt, they will stay good for months and months and months. I mean, they don't have to be properly stored indoors. Like, right, pulled right out of the ground. You can leave them in the dirt. And they'll stay. Is it because it's a root, not really yep. a plant? Yep. Yep. That's, That's exactly, exactly it. That's exactly, exactly it. 
Garlic yeah. is the same way. Yeah, garlic. You can do garlic the same way. So, and then, yeah. and 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 your your root type foods like that would act, you know, are a lifesaver because again, they're hidden for the most part. At the end of the day, most people are just going to you know brush over something like that too. So compared, and you got it hidden in the ground, yeah. like it's it's, what, it's it's a wise thing to do. And so, and I do want to hop back around to you though, Ammo Can, because you were did say you had a couple things you wanted to touch on. So I'd like to hear you a little bit more, bud. Um. And then the other thing was, if if people are still listening at this point, if you do decide to buy something off of me, uh, I would rather you message me, however it be, because the website really doesn't like taking online orders, and I like having a little bit more personal connection with customers, so oh, well, it'd be we're, better. We're gonna, in gonna have your Insta- we're, we're gonna have your Instagram and your uh, and your website, of course, up on there. If there's anything else, of course, we will have it linked. Whatever you would like, sir. We will gladly have you links. I'm curious. I got a question you. for Ammo Can Survival. Yeah. What's the? I mean, yes. did, what, where'd you get the 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 name for uh, your website, Ammo Can Survival? Like, I, I'm I'm like, is it everything you sell fits in a, fits in a 50 cal ammo can? I, actually, the, um, I really like this question because what started all of this was I looked at my wall of ammo cans and went, I could put survival kit in that. I can put a survival See, kit in that. Man, that's like that. <clears throat> that's and then no, that's sell them a, off for yeah, yeah, because genius. they no, float too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's so, so. Army Army Cat over there, you said yes. fifty cal ammo cans. So don't make fun of me for this, but I'm an Air Force kid. <laughs> Give me okay. a second. I was I was an Air Force kid too. No, it's all right, man. I, I my dad chemtrailed people. My, you probably, your dad probably Kim trailed my dad in yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. That's you mic. Holy crap. Is that a 40 mic mic or is that 20 mil? Yeah. 20 is mil. That, <laughs> so I was a ordinance guy on F-15. Oh, wow. For, okay. All right. uh, yeah. Uh, right now, this is in my reloading room. I have, I went to the range a few weekends ago and was being a brass hog. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Everyone hates hates the people like me at the range, <laughs> but I usually they're the, the, the six. The, yeah, usually they're like the sixty-five plus year old thug. Yeah, <laughs> walk around with like a little can, like yeah. spare brass. There's some brass, please. You know. Also, can I see your tax stamp for the SBR or that suppressor? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they're, okay. they're the ones wearing, you don't wear an NRA. When you do that, do you wear an NRA hat? I do not wear an NRA hat. I am not that fun. Uh, but I, I will say this. Uh, I've had people at that range shooting a 338 Lapua. Like, I'm shooting at well over 1,000 yards at this point. And I've had those people with, you know, the NRA hat and kind of like that. Yeah, you got a tax stamp for that suppressor? Yes, dickhead. Like, why do you think? Like, leave me alone. And I've had yeah, people. More like, plates. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've had people. No, level level four doesn't stop at three three eight. All right, <laughs> that's. It's, I was making a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, I've had people behind me, like go through my brass bucket, like walk behind <laughs> me and go through my brass bucket. Like well, I will like you motherfucker. Like, so somebody so somebody just like brassed you after you brassed everybody else? 
Yeah. So, no, this was a while back. <laughs> okay. I go through normally after they leave. Sure. I'm not going to bug you and be like, you got any brass I can have? And if you leave, you're going to throw it in the brass bucket behind you, and I'm going to pick through it like a homeless man behind the Walmart. Okay. I'm <laughs> But yeah, I'm doing a, I reloaded a bunch of nine mil for nice. personal use, and they're all. 125 grain hollow points. Oh God! So some, some, some Bubba's pissing hot rounds. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they're hot. But, we have. Yeah, we, um, we we do have. Uh, I don't have it here. One of my one of my group. We do have a uh, press though. Like a like we can we can pretty much do almost everything because it's the interchangeable one and and we've got the lead the uh, like the lead molds or whatever to pour things back into and such like that like we've got the whole setup it's a it's an old setup like it's a old older yeah, my, older than every one of us sitting here for sure like my, my all my stuff's uh fairly newer fairly newer but uh so this round right here your 45 long colt and your uh 45 uh 45 70 govern is one of the most common rounds to what they call cowboy load um, so they uh, they would take those molds that you have, and they would pour the lead into the mold, and it would you know they would polish it up a little bit, and they would take their you know old black powder pistol charger, and oh that looks good, and stick it in there, and like no crimp, nothing like that. But that's what you see in like the old timey movies. That's how they used to reload these damn things. And dangerous. yeah, and, dangerous. Like that's, I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I've, 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 thankfully I've never had one, you know, like explode on me, but I have been around people when like that round was just too much. And when it, oh, yeah. blew, it blew I, things I, up, yeah. like they're ooh, And I was just like, that's why I'm not shooting those. <laughs> I had, uh, I had, I had, uh, I had a, an incident with a, uh, a reloaded 30 out six round. Uh, that was, that was terrifying. I would be absolutely upset if somebody destroyed my all six, but yeah. So, let, let me make a, let me make a quick, comment real real quick when when talking about uh when talking about ammunition um i i personally would would stick the, just my two cents i personally would stick with anything anything nato anything nato um you're gonna have you're gonna have your boutique rounds um if you stay yeah, you're gonna have your boutique rounds uh but anything like nine mil i'm I don't want to sound like a fud man, but you know, nine mil 45, um, any, any shotgun rounds are going to be okay because I'm, you know, those, those sure. are, I'm a dozen man. Yeah. Um, uh, NATO five, five, six, NATO, uh, 7.62. Uh, there are the, the, the amount that of those rounds that was manufactured is, is you, you can't comprehend the amount of that type of ammo that is just laying around and that will be laying around. Sure. When all of these retards are dead after the first few months, sure. Um, it, you're, it, it's, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I, I have a question yeah. for Bandit. Okay, so uh, with you saying like use the NATO rounds and everything, uh, with the army recently switching over to the six point eight, I do believe. No. Would you recommend? Having a platform oh, in six point eight, or it's, keep it to the right, five. The, the amount of ammo and magazines laying around, and accessories, and just the amount of rifles. Yeah, manufactured oh, yeah. fire five point five six is absolutely 
mentally staggering the amount of stuff that's going to be laying around the, sure. the amount of stuff that's gonna be available it, it's staggering man sure. and you know, your bootcamp rounds yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> you, if, if that is going to be your main setup for your for what you're personally carrying on a day-to-day uh you're gonna run out of ammo you really are i mean military carries nato police departments carry nato uh foreign countries carry nato uh it, you you have an abundance of ammo and what we're, we're talking about here is like when when things completely go down we're not talking about just like a week-long thing we're talking sure. about permanently just like go away sure the amount of stuff laying around is what you're going to be relying on yeah. you know you can only repress rounds and reload rounds so many times you really can um you're you're mm-hmm. going to be scavenging. It's going to be battlefield recovery. That's Absolutely. On. Absolutely. And you went back to you said you don't want to sound like a fud. You yeah, know don't. every every grandfather ever has a thirty out six, a twelve gauge, and a nine mil laying around. <laughs> yeah. Every and and the their kids have uh, five five sixes laying around. Like, those are your four golden firearms. If you're going to go scavenging, going door to door to make sure if someone's alive or check in on somebody, if you're going to trade a bottle of wine or a bottle of moonshine to someone when the shit hits the fan, your odds are you're going to be trading for one of those. And even 22. 22 is so overlooked in this. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't want to, you know, get into it or talk about it a lot because I don't like to talk about it a lot. But I, my, my actual. Everybody makes fun of my actual, you know, all the time carry because no, I'm not supposed. I, I know That's you don't. To you be love in a museum, it. man. That's you love be in, it. It should be in a museum. You're right, it, but no. it's. I know you don't want to talk about it, but it's it's an original Ooh. run Ruger standard, and yeah. the original run 22 Ruger standard, and it was. It still fires great, so I don't want to do anything about it. And a fun thing you can do with 22 is you can still, that's one of the very few common um, firearms that you can still pour your own rounds from lead. So, yes, you can. That, you know, and that's, and that's why I, I, like, that's, that's, that's my little, and people are like, that's, that's the weirdest gun I've ever seen. And I'm like, so what? Nobody else has one, and it, it he does. He gets mad at me because he's like, "You need to put that thing in glass," and I'm just like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> it, that, that, that's one of the like you get into the whole thing. Maybe maybe you can pour your own ammo and stuff, but can you reprime a rimfire cartridge? Cartridge, you know, kind of thing. Like, do you have that kind I'm of capability? I I'm just, I'm, I'm I do just, with the press. It's just an observation to make. Plus, one of the best survival firearms that I've seen personally was um, my brother had a Henry survival rifle that was a takedown twenty two that fits in the buttstock and seals up and it floats. The, now, see the great thing you were talking about rounds being everywhere and stuff being everywhere. Just like you're saying with this five five six, I promise you there is buckets and buckets yeah. and buckets of 22 long rifle rounds everywhere yeah just laying around because that's that's a very very common one to make and i mean i can go to i can go to bass pro shop right up the street right now and literally buy a bucket of 22 mm-hmm. long rifle like it's, it's, it's 
you know how many sheds I've walked into? Like I, I like one of my favorite things to do is go to like old homestead up yeah. in, near my father-in-law's place. Go look in their old like barns and stuff like that to find hammerheads and stuff like that sure. that my father-in-law and I can restore and stuff like that. And how many literal five-gallon buckets full of twenty-two bullets I have found? Absolutely. Literally, absolutely. And they're a pile of rust and a fire hazard by the time I find them, but. <laughs> you know, those are just laying in someone's closet, you know? Sure. And I, and I feel there's going to be a lot of that out there because the 22 is, is your most, you know, cause there's, there is still schools that do rimfire stuff and there is a lot of stuff for kids and stuff. Like I've taught, I've been teaching my kids on a 22 rimfire, you know, that's, I, I, they're little, so I got to start them out with something that they can actually stand behind. You know, I'm not trying to just throw something big right in their hands and knock them on their ass. Like I'm not going to do that to them. I want them to learn properly. We, I still we, have my cricket. I, I still uh, have my cricket. We got, we've got, we've got a couple. We got a couple of the savages, the Savage sixty fours, because they're just great little starter guns for kids. I think, like, I just they're, it's a nice little twenty two that you don't really have to do too much to, and boom, there you go. Like, and it's great for teaching these guys. And that's and, that's just my goal. It's just I want you know <clears throat> because training we. Well, I'll keep coming back around to that all day long. Training, training, training. Like, if you don't have proper training with a gun, put it the fuck down. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I mean, just <laughs> it's not, you're you're a hundred percent correct, and that's uh, like my first rifle, just like a million other Americans. My first rifle was a Marlin twenty two that fed in from the top. You you know, slapped a little slide down, and yep. I killed a badger with that thing a few weeks ago. Like that thing, like those things are amazing. Good. Yeah, no, yeah. amazing, amazing piece of piece, piece of metal. Like it's just it's and, great stuff. And I know you you guys are probably trying to wrap it up and stuff like that. But another part of like prepping and stuff is cleanliness. Yes, sure. is being clean, taking care of your equipment. If you clean your equipment and take care of your equipment, it's going to last you a very long time. And, you know, they don't make shit like they used to make it, um, you know, to bring out my old. I'm perfect. Yeah. Like, they, they, you can't make a profit on something that lasts 50 years. So, and, yeah. you know, and, that, that is what it is. Some things you do have to refresh in your, in your gear, in, you know, your gear boxes or whatever. But there is still and, things out there that will last forever. And some are, some of my favorite pieces that, like, I, you, most people wouldn't even consider like a survival tool or uh, necessity. It's cast iron pots. Yes. Cast Absolutely. iron pots and cast iron cauldrons. Like no one ever thinks about that. And like, I, I think that no one ever thinks about that. There's a, a lot of people on that. I stay on that side of TikTok yes. of just nothing but cast iron pots and like in homesteading uh, you, you get like, you got like a, the homesteading Nate, or whatever that's on there, always talking about his little homesteading yeah, progress yeah, and stuff like that. I totally and, agree. Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the coolest things that I think you can show the world that it is possible to step away from all the technology. And maybe you're not living the most lavish life ever, but you don't you the only person that you have to rely on is you. You know, and at the end of the day, if the people watching this want to like I encourage you to buy you a piece of dirt and start you something. It doesn't have to be a full blown homestead, but start something. And, you know, like a lot of people joke about, Oh, 
a home garden where we're going to spend five hundred dollars to go four dollars worth of food, worth of produce and stuff like that. Well, you need to put more time into that garden mm-hmm. if you're only getting four dollars worth of produce. And, because from one plant of tomatoes, uh, of tomatoes and potatoes and things like that, if you grow a bundle of pota- of tomatoes, a bundle of tomatoes can make so much spaghetti sauce, which you can can, you can dehydrate, you can turn into so many different things. Like a, a lot of people don't focus on the multi-use plants and like they don't, they don't use it to its fullest potential, just like everything else in their life. They take it for granted, you know, that they're not using their yards for their full potential. I hope I'm making sense. No, 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 you are. No, I understand what you're saying. You know, like just, just like, you know, late native Americans would talk about with like killing a Buffalo or something, you know, use every piece, even with plants, use every piece there. There are pieces like we, we grow uh, red raspberries out here because not only do we like to do raspberry jam and raspberry snacks and stuff, but she likes to take the leaves to make raspberry teas because she makes a lot of herbal teas. And of course you can find a peachy Creek creations.com. She makes like herbal teas and herbal soaps and stuff like that. Like, you know, she's, she, she stays on top of that and she's big into telling us, no, we got to use all of that plant because there's possibility like a dandelion is a great example from the petals at the top to the root in the dirt. All of it is useful and can be used, whether it be for tinnakers or, you know, food or snacks or, you know, just anything because they're, they're so useful when you get at the end of the day, when you get to it. And that's, that's something else. I, I mean, when I'm saying, you know, like you need to start studying plants and I've seen both of you had great herbal remedy books and <clears throat> I can recommend one to you to go ahead and try to get yourself out and find if you can. It's called Back to Eden. It's one that we carry around in the house and I joke around about it and call it the, call it our herbal Bible because like it's, it, it has the answer for every plant. Like you look at it and there's, there, there is some pictures in there and stuff too, but like it'll define every plant and tell you everything that it'll do and such. So it's a, it's a great thing to have. Um, and again, it's called Back to Eden. Um, I, the, the, the author fleets me right now, but like, it, it it's not hard to find it's definitely out there on amazon i've seen it out there and it's, it's, i think it's i've seen book. it too yeah it's, it's a great book to have and i highly recommend everybody adding it to their collection because like it i go to it weekly like there i'll come across something that i need to look up or something that somebody's asked me do i have an idea for you know helping with an ailment and stuff and we get that book out because if she don't know it the book knows it and and, and like it's it's great stuff to know because there's I, I'm I'm big into natural stuff, so See, I everyone there's a cure for everything already growing around you. you. I grew up watching Beverly Hillbillies. Nice. I grew up watching Beverly Hillbillies. Who was the healer in that group? It was Granny. It was Granny. Granny was the healer. Yeah. She had you know Granny's old cough medicine was the the big moonshine jug. Yeah. You know stuff like that. That kind of stuff like those type of you know, backwoods people that we completely, that society completely dismisses for, you know, being a little weird are the people that we enjoy because they might not know how to work uh, any kind of system on a computer, but I guarantee you, if you got a tummy ache, grandma will fix it, you know, kind of thing. For real though. No, you're yeah. absolutely correct. And like the, I joke about this all the time. The, uh, the, your your witches and stuff all they were were women that knew how to do all that kind of stuff and didn't need the system to help them i mean that's that's basically what it was at the end of the day 
you're, when you call witchcraft, it was just them using plants. Like it's plant magic is something I stand behind and have studied quite, quite thoroughly myself too. Like it's, it's real deal. And I, it's, I highly recommend getting into it. So, but well, when we, when we get off the air, I'll uh, talk more about this subject, but one of the things I've been getting into is uh, the mushroom side of things. Oh, oh absolutely. Like, no, I, uh, there's, no, there's nobody in this pages group that is going to disagree with mushrooms. We are, I, I think we all have the same standpoint on them. And as yeah. far as that unconstitutional awakening, we all feel mushrooms are a okay in our book. Like, and what's what's the one guy? He was also on Joe Rogan's podcast. He uh, he talks about mushrooms, and he literally was talking about you know you talk about the system failing you know it being designed to fail the average taxpayer, and uh, he talked about uh, portobello mushrooms, the most common mushroom that you can find out there. He was he refused to talk about it because his life was in danger. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a garbage it's a garbage mushroom. At the end of the day, you really want to get into it as far as the the marketed portobello, like compared, oh yeah, compared to real mushrooms, like they don't oh yeah, compared to real mushrooms, like I, I got a few buddies. We go hiking for morels and oh, lion mane and beautiful and stuff, stuff like that. And it unfortunately, the climate that I live in doesn't really harbor a lot of morels and stuff like that. But you'll find them. You'll find them in Absolutely. like little spots and it's it's not enough to make a hobby out of it up where i live but it's definitely something super interesting um a former staff sergeant that i used to work with uh she lives over in uh the washington the temperate climate area like of washington and she posts pictures on facebook of just buckets of morels just buckets of morels and that's one of I'm a little jealous on we that get, side. We get some. We get some good mushrooming down here. Um, we actually, we in the North Georgia, we hold we host some decent morels, and then in Middle Georgia, where you know a little little about the area where I am, we actually have some of the most potent wild good mushrooms um, <coughs> that exist. You know what I'm saying? Like people people actually strive to find our natural ones when they're in season because they're mm-hmm. we we have one of the topper shelf you know, mushrooms that are out there. And like, I, man, I love mushrooms. And like, I, I don't care. People can come at me for this. It's something I think everybody in life needs to do at least once. Mm-hmm. Say, not only to say you've done it, but so that you can experience it and maybe understand me a little bit better because there's a reason that I'm captain conspiracy and kind of one of the weirdest fellas you're ever going to meet. But like, I just run with it and I enjoy life. And I think it's something more people should look into and maybe down the road when we actually have an episode talking about this in depth, which I totally will. I would absolutely love to have you back. So I do hate to wrap everybody up, but I appreciate everyone that has joined us on Unconstitutional Awakening tonight. Of course, you'll be able to find these guys links in the bottom of the uh, recordings things. And I appreciate them coming on and I hope that they come on again here in the future. And I think we've had a great conversation and I look forward to talking to you guys next time on unconstitutionalawakening.com. Bye, everybody.